So, I'm uh, uh, I technically just started the meeting, so. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, welcome everybody. Welcome to School for a Course in Miracles. It's really good to be with you today. Um, sound okay? Uh, everybody can see? All right. And I'm assuming you can see this chart that I have behind me. I just made it worse, didn't I? Um, somebody give me a thumbs up when it's all in view. Is it in view? No, you have to back it up a little bit or raise your camera up a little bit too. Yeah, all right, let me try that. Yep. All right, there we go. Yeah, yeah that's good. Okay, so here we are at School for a Course of Miracles and um, the main topic this morning is going to be about learning as, as it is every time we come together. Um, you know, the first thing that we have to learn or things that we have to learn is uh, who, it, who is it that learns? And uh, often we get confused about that and we think it's the, um, the, the one that I think I am that's going to be doing the learning. So mistake one, number one would be to think that, say, Lynn as a person who believes she's a person uh, is the one that thinks she's also going to learn um, another way. And <clears throat> that's really not how it happens. So the learner, we're going to find out today who the learner is. Um, how, how does the learning occur? In other words, who is the teacher? Who is the teacher? I can't answer my own questions. I can't solve my own problems. So fortunately, um, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to us to uh, bring us home, to show us what reality is as, as an experience, and um, to... Um, answer all our questions. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the answer. So um, again, the teacher is uh, the Holy Spirit and from outside, outside of the dream. Um, what are we here to learn? Well, we could put that in the context today of what we're here to learn is what we are. Who am I? What am I? That's the age-old question um, that unfortunately we have attempted to answer by ourselves <laughs> and it can't be answered in that way. Um, where does learning occur? Uh, learning occurs in the mind, not in the body and not in the brain. It occurs in the mind. Uh, so um, without further ado, I'll launch into this chart that's behind me. Many of you have seen it before, um, but some of you may not have. Um, I think it's helpful sometimes to have charts. As you know, we use Ken's chart all the time. But to have a, a sort of a visual, uh, pictorial version of um, 
what we're going to be speaking about that we can uh, refer to. So in this chart, um, you will see uh, the, the large circle in the middle, the big circle, reflects the mind of God. And you'll see the arrows are all pointing outward, which is the mind of God, which is ever extending in, in love, in peace, in joy. And uh, within the circle, but certainly um, not separate from the circle, is the Son of God, which is Christ, which is holiness, which is eternal love. And the Son of God can't be anywhere other than within the mind of God. So um, I believe it's uh, uh, Lesson 158, I think, that starts with uh, what has been given you. What has been given you is the knowledge that you are a mind, small m mind, within capital M mind, and forever and forever so. That is where we reside. And fortunately, the Holy Spirit, who is our appointed friend, our guide, our teacher, the Holy Spirit always knows where we are in truth. So when we choose the Holy Spirit, we are choosing the one who knows where we are, what we are, who we are, and how, and how to get there. And that's really the only decision we need to make. In fact, the, the lesson right before today's lesson, that, that the one we're doing today, which is I will accept atonement for myself, is heaven is the decision I must make. And I make it now and I will not change my mind because it's the only thing I want. So to choose the Holy Spirit is to choose heaven because he knows that's where we are. And the Holy Spirit is uh, a part of our mind, our right mind. It is our right mind. And um, we are um, charged with making the choice between the ego and the Holy Spirit until we have firmly made that decision and then that would be the end of choice because the only decision that we need to make while we're believing we're not at home is that decision for the part of our mind that knows that we are not here this little circle over here reflects the tiny mad idea and the split mind between the Holy Spirit and the ego. So where we think we are is, uh, since the tiny mad idea, is here in this little speck, so to speak. And the mind is split, no longer whole and one and unified within the mind of God, where it doesn't have any questions. It doesn't have the question, what am I and where am I? It doesn't have any questions. It is. 
So we are seemingly here and our mind is split between the ego and its thought system, believing we're individuals in a body and that this is our reality. We are in a world with other bodies. And what we are going to be learning is that none of this on this side, reflecting the tiny mad idea, none of it is true. From illusions come illusions. <laughs> there can't be anything else that comes uh, from an illusion, but further illusions. So this dot here, I don't know if you can see it, but there's, there's a dot, there's a line between the ego and the Holy Spirit. There are two completely different thought systems, and it's either one or the other. In any given situation, circumstance, time, uh, this would reflect the uh, decision maker, the circle reflects the decision maker, and we are always choosing which uh, voice is our teacher. Is the ego our teacher or is the Holy Spirit our teacher? Again, the one that knows the way out of here. So while we are in the ego thought system and the decision maker is choosing to believe that what I appear to be is what I am and the world in which I live is what is true. All the questions that we ask are based upon the assumption <laughs> that what I think I am is real. And the world I think I am is, I am in is real. And, you know, somebody said when we started, the, the only way out of, um, the only way out of uh, desert or the only way out of hell is to leave. And the Holy Spirit <laughs> is our way out. There isn't anything we can do here that is going to make this real. There isn't any amount of figuring out, fixing, changing, changing our behavior, fixing the dream, fixing the world. There isn't anything there that is, um, that is going to answer who we are. I'm not saying don't do anything here in the dream. Obviously, we're confronted with... Um, challenges certainly now and we have to make decisions but those decisions aren't going to bring us peace they're not going to bring us um, joy they're not going to bring us the the knowledge of who we are we're not going to know ourselves we're going to still be believing that these problems are real that i am real as a separated self and now I need to choose between which illusions uh, I will give, give my um, belief, I will give my support, 
but it's all illusory. So it's it we we slip <laughs> consists constantly in our daily lives between those two possibilities. And um, so today we're going to look at um, whether we would want to continue to do that, um, whether um, we need to do that, <laughs> or whether we could keep our focus um, on the kingdom. Uh, I was looking earlier for um, the idea about being, being in the kingdom, which would be being here, which here in the dream would be choosing the Holy Spirit. So when we choose the Holy Spirit, the moment we do that, it's over. The conflict is over. That's something we all learn as we begin to go along and we trust more and more that the Holy Spirit is always with us, always takes us back to the mind and, um, and, and to peace. So our faith and trust has to go to the Holy Spirit. So meanwhile, we put faith and trust in a lot of other things. And uh, this is on page 117. It's paragraph four. And it's in the reality of the kingdom. The reality of the kingdom. Paragraph four, to be in the kingdom is merely to focus your full attention on it. Uh, the first time I read that, I thought, oh my God, I, you know, <laughs> this is hopeless. This is impossible to keep the full attention on the kingdom. But it's ever so much more uh, possible if I know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are my right mind and they are here with me and I can choose and that's all I need to remember to do while I'm believing that I'm here. So, next sentence, two. As long as you believe you can attend to what is not true, you are accepting conflict as your choice. Is it really a choice? So, as, as long as I can attend, give my attention to, because he's contrasting here, give your focus to the kingdom, give your focus to the Holy Spirit, or attend to, give your attention to what is not real, what is not true. And in doing that, we're accepting, I'm accepting, Conflict as my choice. There are, there are two things. There's, there's, there's the Holy Spirit, there's reality, and there's illusion. So um, is it really a choice? 
it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it seems to be, it does seem to be a choice, but it really is a decision between everything and nothing. It's a decision between what does not exist and what does. So, you know, ultimately what we're learning here is that life is in the mind. It's not in a body and it's not in the world. Life is in the mind and it is only in the mind. Well, that seems to be um, a far, far way away. It seems to be a long time in coming. However, the truth of the matter is, it is always available and it is always in the present moment and it always is now that we can choose. And we go back and forth <laughs> as we make our journey. So one of the things I want to bring up today is um, to look at the things that do distract us from our focus, do um, uh, keep us caught in conflict, believing there are two things, and uh, how we can um, learn to recognize those, learn to recognize the way that um, we lose, we lose our focus. In other words, we lose our connection with the Holy Spirit or Jesus. And we now have concern about, how did he put it? Attend to what is not true. So how we attend to what is not true. You who are the kingdom, are not concerned with seeming. Seeming meaning, well, I seem to be here <laughs> and I seem to have decisions that I need to make. <laughs> and this seems to be a very real place and I seem to be a body. And, you know, he's just saying here for a moment, we need to uh, accept the idea that this is not life. This is not living, that the only place there is life is here in the mind. Life is in the mind and only in the mind. Uh, lesson, uh, let me go to lesson one, 158. And we'll just read that paragraph. And it happens to be, the, the title of the lesson is, uh, Today I Learn to Give as I Receive. What has been given you? The knowledge that you are a mind, in mind, purely mind, sinless forever, holy, unafraid, because you were created out of love. Nor have you left your source, remaining as you were created. This was given you as knowledge which you can not 
lose. And then over in paragraph eight on 299, right across the road, this can be taught. Christ's vision has one law, paragraph seven. Christ's vision has one law. It does not look upon a body and mistake it for the son whom God created. It beholds a light beyond the body, an idea beyond what can be touched, a purity undimmed by errors, pitiful mistakes, and fearful thoughts of guilt from dreams of sin. It sees no separation, and it looks on everyone on every circumstance, all happenings, and all events without the slightest fading of the light it sees. This can be taught. In fact, this is what the Course is trying to teach us, that we can learn to see the real world. We can learn to see a world in which we have no enemies. We can learn to see beyond all of the forms to the sinlessness of the Son of God. We can see sinlessness. We can see it in our brother and learn that who we are is who is being given through, so to speak, the Son of God with an open mind and having chosen the Holy Spirit becomes a conduit, becomes a connecting link to uh, see that every, everyone, everything is the same. And its beingness is truly what we are. So this is the shift of mind that um, the Holy Spirit is leading us to and Jesus is leading us to. And it says this can be taught, it must be taught, who all who would achieve it. Here it is, Manual for Teachers. First page in the Manual for Teachers is you teach what you want to learn. We want to learn who we are, what we are, then every encounter becomes an opportunity to demonstrate that the Holy Spirit is my teacher and to see the effects of him working through me is the miracle. The miracle is natural. And when it doesn't happen, when it does not occur, something's gone wrong. Something has gone wrong when I'm seeing my brother as guilty. When I'm looking for shortcomings and failures and weakness and, you know, anything other than who my brother is and who I want to be. So in choosing the Holy Spirit, the decision maker choosing the Holy Spirit here, where we think we are, we're choosing the, the right mind, the mind that knows 
where he's taking us. And we can't even begin to imagine what that's like or what that is. We as egos are image makers. And we don't know how to see beyond images. The mind sees only, the, excuse me, the brain sees only images. Trained by the ego, the brain is trained to only seek and find images. So that's a big shift for, for, for us to um, open our minds to being taught beyond images, to be taught another way of seeing, to be um, taught what light is. Light isn't, you know, this light that I have on over here that we turn on and off. Light, truth, knowledge, And it's always there waiting for us. It's always there waiting for us. So he wants us to know here, um, it requires, but the recognition, this is sentence two, paragraph eight, that the world cannot give anything that faintly can compare with this in value, nor set up a goal that does not merely disappear when this has been perceived. And this you give today. See no one as a body. Greet him as the son of God he is, acknowledging that he is one with you in holiness. So there comes our wonderful golden rule. The golden rule in chapter, I think it's one, for a while we spent quite a bit of time on it, you know, but the, the golden rule is that the holiness that the Holy Spirit makes me, brings to my mind, because he's the teacher, the holiness that he brings to uh, my mind is beyond anything that I, I could know beyond anything I could imagine. I can't image make that. It's not an image. And so the, the power of God working through us becomes increasingly real to us. And we become certain of who we are. But you know, let go with the hand of the Holy Spirit. Forget that Jesus is with us. And we can be in the depths of despair in moments. We, we can forget what we are easily. And, and we doubt. We doubt ourselves. One of the main ways um, in which we uh, 
distract ourselves is by doubting ourselves. And it is doubt that asks the question, what am I? And it is the miracle that gives us the certainty that we are not separate from God. We are not separate from the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit is us. And so our identity shifts. So let's go to lesson 139. So any uh, thoughts or questions, concerns at this, at this point? Ross, Ross has some. So Ross, where are you? <laughs> there you are. I, I really like your chart. And uh, I would add a uh, self-inquiry I mean, I do, and it, it, it helps me. So when you're, I, when you're aware of the decision maker, there's still an I. Uh-huh. So the self-inquiry is who or what is aware of my identity as the decision maker? And then that there really is no answer because it flips you right up into the second circle. Right. And I think this lesson 139 is going to address that very... Yes. Yes, it does. Exactly. So that's the self-inquiry. It just puts you into, well, awareness is aware that you're identifying with the decision maker. So therefore, you're, I would, that's my word, awareness. Yes. Yes. The same yeah. as Christ, Son of God, all that. So Because, because you know there's a decision to be made, <laughs> you know, something. Something aware. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware and there's a trigger that notices when I've gone down, we used to call it a tunnel with no cheese. Like a rat won't go down a tunnel if there isn't cheese the, at the, the end. Look who moved my cheese. Yeah, look who moved my cheese, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, he, he will maybe do it one, twice but he won't do it a third time. But not, that's not true of humans. We go down the same tunnel with no cheese at the end of it over and over and over and over. And that's being asleep. And the point you're making is this decision maker, now that we know we're decision makers. Which we is still an I. To, yep. But we need to be aware of when we need to ask for help. <laughs> Ultimately, that I will disappear. But we do need to ask for help of another teacher. Yeah. And the triggers are maybe different for different ones of us. Uh, but today, we're going to look at, at doubt because that's what this uh, lesson 139 uh, addresses is self-doubt. The, uh, the, the line that really jumped out to me this morning was um, that paragraph you read from um, chapter 7, the kingdom of God, that, that instead of focusing on the kingdom, we attend, A-T-T-E-N-D, I attend to what is not true. 
I attend to the skull's website. <laughs> I attend to Tim as a body. I attend. Stephanie's out shopping. I think she said with her mother-in-law, she's attending to <laughs> shopping. <laughs> I mean, we have to shop, virus or not. <laughs> so I mean, we're uh, we're attending to all these things that are just are not true, and 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 we think we're attending to them because is what we need to do. And, you know, in time and space as bodies, we do need to go shopping. We do need to take care of our bodies. Um, but, but the real, uh, the real little twist we put on it that we don't admit is in paragraph nine. Um, I think on that page 299 in the workbook after what you read, he goes, yeah, we have to be willing to see the holiness, but first we have to admit how much we're looking for sins. I'm not just going shopping in the food store. I'm looking for sins. <laughs> I'm looking for who's in the way. Everybody's in my way when I go shopping. <laughs> get out of my way. <laughs> Let me get in and get out of here. So paragraph 90 says, thus are his sins forgiven him, meaning those sins I laid on him. Whether I was standing in the food line or whether I was in traffic or I was home watching the news. It's, it's the purpose of the ego is, isn't to attend to the body. The purpose of the ego pretends it, it, it's attending to the body and the needs of the body, but it's really looking for, for sins. <laughs> mostly your sins, sometimes my sins, but mostly your sins. That, and that's all this, that's, the course is a course in letting go of judgment in letting go of seeing my brother as sinful. But first I have to fess up to how much I'm looking for sins and I'm not willing to overlook them. That's what he says. Christ has a vision that has the power to overlook the sins. Well, first I have to admit how much I'm looking for the sins. You know, I'm not just standing in a food line. I'm looking for trouble. I'm looking for somebody to point the finger at and say, you know, there, but for, for, for you, I could be, I could be at peace right now. <laughs> You're robbing me of my peace. And, and just how often we do that and how, how, how bent, literally hell bent we are to do that. So the images aren't just the bodies. The images are all the sins behind the bodies. I see images of sin everywhere. And so it's in, in, in looking and being willing to look at that and admit that, I think, that we begin to have an experience of overlooking with Jesus' help, of course. Don't do this by ourselves. <laughs> Definitely ask Jesus for help. So, yeah, so we're moving from that little, I, call, I just realized I call that little circle uh, to Lynn's right, a dream drop. We're all obsessed attending to the dream drop. <laughs> we're not... We're not asking who, who we really are, who my brother really is. Can I see my brother as he truly is? Can I see myself as I truly am? So we're caught up in that little dream drop and, and our true reality, the kingdom of God, the big circle, <laughs> is just totally out of our awareness because I'm so busy attending, not to just me as a body, but who's the sinner? <laughs> I'm attending to who the sinner is. <laughs> that's, that's because in the little circle, TMI stands for too much information. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, the um, purpose purpose is everything here. Um, you can't you can't have um, you can't have a body without sin. 
you know, the, the body is the evidence uh, of the sin, but what changes everything here is the Holy Spirit has a different purpose. The ego is always looking for sin, always looking for who is guilty and who to blame. And of course we need bodies and images because we can't be pointing the finger unless we, we've got them, you know? But the purpose shifts completely when we want to be learners, you know, true learners, instead of insisting on what isn't real and keeping it going and insisting that um, sin is real and we, and we are out to find it outside of ourselves. And we can shift to a different teacher because now we recognize the purpose of what we're doing. It isn't just what we're doing, you know, looking for sin and finding in our brother. The purpose that it say, serves is to keep me away, keep me away from love. Keep me from ever changing my mind and going back here. And so that shift in purpose is, you know, the beginning of our uh, right use of time. Our right use of time, as Tim was pointing out, um, can be looking for sin everywhere and in everybody. But, you know, that's the ego's use of time to distract us, to keep us forever away from choosing the Holy Spirit. And so now we know we have a different purpose. And how, another way of putting it, how do we stay on purpose? How can we stay on purpose? Well, exactly, by noticing when I'm seeing sins out there and guilt in my brother, it's not an accident. I'm seeing it because the ego is in charge and what the ego is looking for and wants to see is that. It's, it's not happening without my intention that that's what I wanna see. And so now we get to see something that's beyond our kin, beyond eyes. It's, it's not seeing with the eyes. Eyes don't see, ears don't hear. There is another way of seeing and hearing and looking and feeling that, I don't know, the way I think of it is, it's, it's the whole mind, Holy Spirit, indivisible mind of Christ that we are, that is a completely different sensory apparatus. And, and we, we have to be willing to allow for that kind of learning. Our, our attachment to image making is like, we're constantly spinning out images of what I think is is reality. And he's telling us here, it's not. 
So let's go to the atonement. Let's see if we can um, accept atonement for ourselves. I will accept atonement for myself. Here is the end of choice. For here we come to a decision to accept ourselves as God created us. Well, that's not a body. To accept ourselves as God created us. And what is choice? Accept uncertainty of what we are. I wouldn't be asking. It's the end of questions. The Holy Spirit doesn't ask questions. I have no question. I forgot what to decide. <laughs> there's no longer two, you know, there's not a conflict. There's not a something else. This, this all here, this is a something else down here. <laughs> something else outside of what I am, outside of what you are. This whole thing is outside, with the exception of the link of the Holy Spirit. But this is outside of the mind of God. Well, it can't be. There's nothing outside the mind of God. That's why it's nothing. It is nowhere and it is nothing. So here we go. There is no doubt that is not rooted here. This, this is a place, the ego and its world is a place of doubt. That place in my mind that the ego rules, that is a place of doubt. It's got lots of questions, as we'll find out. Uh, there is no question but reflects this one. There is no doubt that is not rooted here. There is no conflict that does not entail this single, simple question. What am I? Yet, who could ask this question except one who has refused to recognize himself? Only refusal to accept yourself could make the question seem sincere. So, you know, here we are in a body, in a world, in a dream, and we're saying, what am I? It's the one that's asking the question isn't real. It is not a sincere question. <laughs> In fact, none of the questions here are sincere questions. It's, it, it, you know, it's all a reflection of guilt. And so, you know, it goes on and on and on. We're studying, analyzing, you know, help me uh, figure out what's going, what's, my mind and why I think this way and help me to, you know, uh, 
you know, do this or do that. And it's, it's all, and all of the sciences, we're all studying the problem. <laughs> you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, astrologers, uh, you know, it goes on and on and on asking about what isn't, what isn't real. It's all fake news. <laughs> according, according to Jesus, it's not just, you know, I mean, we're not talking about media kind of fake, but we're, we're talking about everything's fake. The fires are fake. The, the you know, the, the virus is fake. The, it's all made up. It's all part of the dream drop. So, but certainly, I mean, we're having this giant, seemingly giant cosmic hallucination time and space and, and planets and solar systems and galaxies and and then there's little old me <laughs> kind of like noticing it all <laughs> but we're all one big collective self making all this up and then on a good ego day we're buying into it we think we think the dream drop is real we think this whole universe of time and space is important so he's not saying don't don't deny that's what you believe. He's just saying, you know, what's really going on? What's the purpose of the hallucination? Well, it's to stay separate from God, to believe I'm in this dream drop, and to blame it on somebody else, to blame my lack of peace, to blame my lack of awareness of who we truly are on something or somebody else. Otherwise, I can't sustain my belief in the dream drop. Well, you know, the, uh, the responsibility for sight and hearing is mine. And so I, I you know, I, I have choice to learn another way to look at, look at this, you know, to learn a way that this is, um, this is a classroom, but it's a classroom again, I come back to for one thing only, and that is for choosing the Holy Spirit. I mean, <laughs> that's the only point of power that I have here. That's, you know, Ken would say over and over, what you are, you must learn to see yourself and think of yourself as you move through this dream. You are a decision maker. And you get to choose who your teacher is, you know, and, and so that's, that's what we get to be alert to now. You know, we get to be alert to our forgetfulness, first of all, our forgetfulness to ask the Holy Spirit for help and go on and on with uh, the refusal to learn what I am. And he's saying here, what you are can be known by any living thing knows what it is. Absolutely every living thing knows what it is. And we know what we are. But we're denying what we are. And the way we deny what we are is we keep insisting 
on the reality of what isn't real and trying to work with it there. Num number one, a uh, step of forgiveness. I'm not upset by anything in the way outside of myself. <laughs> that is not my upset. I, I could choose differently. I could, I could recognize instead I'm a decision-making mind. And choose the one who knows the way out of this. He said, only refusal to accept yourself could make the question sincere. The only thing, the only thing that can be surely known by any living thing is what it is. From this one point of certainty, it looks on everything as itself. I accept atonement for myself. I accept the correction from this point of certainty. From this decision-making point where I choose atonement, nothing happened. This is, this is the moment <laughs> that we are waiting for. It's always the same moment. It's the moment we went down the wrong path and chose the ego's advice. It's a place in our mind, right there, decision maker. And to travel through my day, your day, our day, with the awareness, it's the only thing that matters. What is the condition of my mind? What is the condition of my mind? Is it, I'll read you the little list I made up. This is from a Buddhist monk uh, on a TED talk. And he was talking about the hindrances, the five hindrances. And I thought, oh my God, this is, you know, this is, this is the distraction. This is what they talk about in, in, in Buddhism, is becoming aware of the hindrances that keep us from ever realizing, they would use the word probably realization, but the realization of what we are. To know ourselves is to remove the hindrances. Because as we know, it, who we are is already there. It, you know, we're, we're only asking a question because we're pretending to be something that we're not. We know this. Here, here were some of the hindrances. Um, let me see here. So hindrances block us, keep us from awareness. Uh, in the course language, we keep us stuck in the dream. Doubt. Doubt. <laughs> 
Wasn't that what we were reading about? Isn't that what we're going to read about here? Doubting ourselves. And then going on a, um, I, I used to call it a romp with my ego. It's no longer a romp, but it's, you know, when, when we doubt ourselves and we st start telling ourselves stories about ourselves, you know, who is the one that's doing that? It's the illusion making up another illusion and choosing between illusions. So, doubt. Uh, sloth and torpor. I thought that one was interesting. It's when we're too lazy to make an effort. <laughs> I just, uh, I, uh, you know, I just want to watch TV. <laughs> That's all. I just want to watch images over and over and over and over and over. I just want to see images because <laughs> now I'm safe. <laughs> I'm an image too. You know, sloth and torpor. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to make this place okay. <laughs> I'm going to make this world, yeah, an okay place for me to handle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nestle in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neediness, that's another one. Neediness. Pay attention to our neediness. You know, notice how we want to be fed. <laughs> All of it is feeding this non-existent self. And I could go on. It's uh, skepticism, uh, restlessness. But, you know, the, the beauty of all of this um, is that we finally realize that all of these things are in our mind. They're in our mind. They're ideas in our mind. They're habits of mind. It's no longer about other others. <laughs> it's about now, what's the condition of my mind? I, I call it excavation, where you're willing to go in there and really ask the question, what is behind, what is the thinking behind this? And uh, then, then <laughs> we're in a position to be earnest in asking for the Holy Spirit's help. But, you know, until there's an earnest willingness to look at what's blocking us, from miracles, from love, from the truth. This is what's blocking us. And so, you know, the ego's main defense is to keep looking out there and looking for sin in our brothers and getting rid of the guilt that way by projection rather than I'm not upset for any of that. None of it. Forget it. It's nothing. No need to labor over it. I'm going to where the problem really is. I'm going to look within. I'm going to go within. 
and I'm going to be still and earnest and look with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not have an agenda. The Holy Spirit is, is looking without any interpretation at all. Just the facts. What's there? What is there? What are we looking at? With, not with our eyes, but with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit see? He looks beyond it. I was thinking about that idea of checking in on my condition. The, the old Kenny Rogers song, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Like, just, <laughs> just to step back for a minute. You know, am I doubting? Am I crazed or restless? <laughs> am I, I don't think the ego is very slothful. I think the ego is always <laughs> on the make. <laughs> the ego is always looking for trouble. It's got to find bad guys all the time. So in that sense, the ego isn't really slothful. The, the body might look like it's sitting on a couch <laughs> watching TV, but it's looking for trouble. It's looking to find who the bad guys are all the time. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty vigilant that way. Um, but, you know, what condition am I in? If, if I'm in turmoil at all, then, then you know, I mean, it, it looks, starts to look pretty obvious. I'm not checking in with... Jesus about who you are and who I am. If I'm restless at all, if I'm doubting at all, if I'm uncertain at all, if I'm looking for trouble at all. <laughs> but whatever yeah, all, you do, don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty about being slothful or doubting because you're, then you're right back into it. For me, it seems like sometimes I just need to integrate what I realized. Um, so that might appear like slothfulness, but it you, sometimes I have to process, you know, oh my God, I've just realized that this is the truth and just need a little break from extra uh, course stuff. So... But guilt, boy, you don't want to go, oh, man, I'm being slothful. Now I'm, I feel guilty because I'm not reading the course. Oops. <laughs> Ken would always say that uh, the, the reason Jesus gave us the workbook lessons was because he knew we weren't going to do them, and then we could forgive ourselves, not beat ourselves up for not doing them. Because <laughs> we're already okay. <laughs> It, it just gives us the workbook lessons to kind of keep us preoccupied for a while with something that's not not ego. <laughs> but it's okay. You, you know, you'll forgive yourself for not doing them right, <laughs> much less remembering the lesson title 10 minutes after you read it. <laughs> well, what is, you know, what is our motivation here? I mean, I, I, what what is um i ask myself what is my motivation uh to to be vigilant you know 
What? Um, For me, there's um, always has been a wanting to know what's real. And, and when I knew I couldn't, I couldn't teach myself that. I started to, uh, I started to um, realize my earnestness rather than, you know, I should do this or I should do that or, you know, um, but, you know, I'm a poor student and, you know, that my, my earnestness uh, wasn't fully there for I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was. So it, it, it took a while to get earnest enough that um, I really wanted to see differently. I wanted to hear differently. And you know, the bottom line, it turned out for me to be I, I want to know, I, I want to know myself like that would be that would just be the best to be to to really know yourself and be certain of it because self-doubt was I, I would i would put that at the top of my list you know self-doubt and it, you know jesus as i said the the purpose the purpose of the course he says in um uh, the introduction to the manual for teachers is the purpose of this course could be said to be to diminish self-doubt meaning to, to you know to know yourself as you truly are, as Jesus is. <laughs> to know the, the true power, not the phony fake power, but the true power to see who my brother is. To, to heal him in the sense that I don't let the illusions in which he may believe get in my way. I see past them. You know, that, that, that's how the Holy Spirit teaches us to see, to see past. And that's, um, I, it, it's as simple as that. It's not like, you know, Raising the dead is simply not seeing illusions as reality. As the Holy Spirit looks beyond. 
and looks beyond and looks beyond and looks beyond, not with eyes, but with a, the mind. The mind is looking beyond. This will disappear. It's a matter of our focus. It's totally a matter of our focus. Is it still there? Do we still see images? Yeah, but you know, it doesn't get in the way. Because, because now we're living, we're living in the mind. We're concerned about the condition of our mind. And we're learning that the mind is eternal. And peace is there. Jesus says in one part, the most beautiful thing in God's creation is your mind. We don't know the condition of our mind if we don't look. <laughs> if we stay so preoccupied with this. I mean, it's like, Jesus, you know, could you give me five minutes today? And then when he goes to, he says, could, could you give me five minutes every hour? And we go, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> five minutes every hour. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Betta Caesar. I'm a new student. And um, I just want to thank you for sending me the link. In answer to your question, I have to say, being new to this, that you're absolutely right. For me, it's all about using my mind rightly uh, and knowing the truth um, that there is a oneness because I fed into the illusion of. A separation all my life and so you are spot on with everything you're saying and I did the five-minute meditation for this lesson you know I'll accept atonement for myself and blah 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 it went by so fast I was like oh my goodness so five minutes isn't that difficult thank you that I just wanted to share I'm happy to be here very good thank you better welcome all right uh, where are we here let's see we're already after 11. Uh, any questions and thoughts uh, before we finish up this lesson? Lynn, Lynn, I just was looking at your chart and the, the, the little uh, water droplet wannabe, uh, you know, uh, the, the fake, fake news of the ego. <laughs> I was also thinking how it's a substitution. And then, and then I was kind of flashing earlier on how in, in grade school, at least, when we ever had a substitute teacher, that's when things got really out of hand <laughs> and the unruliness <laughs> really, really got kind of, you know, over the top. And, and, uh, and, and I was thinking, well, the ego is kind of like, you know, our substitute teacher. You know? Basically, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, you know, laws of chaos. It's, it's you know, just turmoil and, and you know, there's not, not hardly, I, th I think it's kind of loose the idea that you know, we think that discipline is a punishment, but you know, the, the course is reminding us that a disciplined mind, you know, gentle vigilance really is where the peace is. And, and uh, you know, if, you, if we can kind of look at how crazy and, and how divided and doubtful and all those things you were listing off on the Buddhist list there of, you know, st stuff that, you know, that is in the ego's classroom, it's like, 
who would want to go there if we really are honest with ourselves anyway so thanks yes Yes. And, you know, typically we'd see something in ourselves and we'd, we'd start thinking about how we could go to a therapist to get that fixed. You know, it, it's like it, it, it's nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying we don't go to therapists and we don't take meds, but, you know, it's the belief system that we're living with. It's just so um, contracted. <laughs> so contracted yeah. well i'm feeling really left out it, i just realized in catholic school we never had substitute teachers those teachers would drag themselves in half dead if they were sick at all we never had a so I, I i missed out on the whole substitute teacher thing i feel so deprived right now <laughs> the other thing you would, have been, you would have been trouble to in substitute teacher <laughs> no, days. <laughs> no. Nah. <laughs> on um on Just Ken's today. chart, on Ken's chart, the tiny mad idea of separation really is the tiny mad idea of doubt. That we could doubt our connection with our father. That I could doubt who I truly am as the son of God. That I could doubt. <laughs> The tiny, crazy, mad little idea that I could d doubt that you're the son of God. I mean, it was always, it's always doubt. <laughs> Anytime anything's wrong, we're doubting who we are. How could it not be that? Yeah. All right, let's. Um, let's go to page 268. Paragraph eight, let's go to seven actually. Nothing the world believes is true. It is a place whose purpose is to be a home where those who claim they do not know themselves can come to question what it is they are. And they will come again until the time atonement is accepted. The one responsibility of the teacher of God is to accept atonement for himself, accept correction. That means to accept the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the correction. And they will come again until the time atonement is accepted and they learn it is impossible to doubt yourself. This is not a part of you. It's a made up, wild, unreal phantom. It's not a part of you. Not. It's impossible to doubt the real you and not be aware of what you are. Only acceptance can be asked of you. It cannot be forced upon you and me and our brothers. It must be accepted for what you are is certain. It is said forever, in the holy mind of God, 
and in your own, and in your own. It is so far beyond all doubt and question that to ask what it must be is all the proof you need to show that you believe the contradiction that you know not what you cannot fail to know. <laughs> I think one time I checked that out as the longest sentence in A Course in Miracles. <laughs> you cannot not know this <laughs> would be another way to say it. Is this a question? <laughs> or a statement. Let us not allow our holy minds to occupy themselves with senseless musings such as this. Peace to such foolishness. <laughs> we have a mission here. All right, we'll close with these last few paragraphs and spend a few minutes together. Uh, but this is the mission. This is what comes once we are willing to accept atonement for ourselves. It, it, in fact, oh, I just have to share this with you. It's so wonderful. This is in um, the clarification of terms. Um, it's on page 82 in the clarification of terms, in the manual for teachers. Your questions, meaning the ego's questions, have no answer. Being made to still God's voice, which asks of everyone one question only. Are you ready yet <laughs> to help me save the world? Ask this instead of what the ego is, and you will see a sudden brightness cover up the world the ego made. Huh. So now he's going to give us the mission back in acceptance of atonement. First, we accept atonement, <laughs> one responsibility of the teacher of God, and he gives us a mission. Are you ready yet to help me save the world? All right, here it is. We have a mission here. We did not come to reinforce the madness that we once believed in. Kind of giving us a little pep talk, actually. We did not come to reinforce the madness that we once believed in. Let us not forget the goal that we accepted. It is more than just our happiness alone we came to gain. What we accept as what we are proclaims what everyone must be along with us. Fail not your brothers, or you fail yourself. 
look lovingly on them, that they may know that they are part of you and you of them. This does atonement teach and demonstrates the oneness of God's son is unassailed by his belief he knows not what he is. Today, accept atonement. Not to change reality, but merely to accept the truth about yourself and go your way rejoicing in the endless love of God. It is but this that we are asked to do. And it is but this that we will do today. We dedicate our minds to our assignment for today. We start with this review of what our mission is. I will accept atonement for myself, for I remain as God created me. We have not lost the knowledge that God gave to us when he created us like him. We have not lost that knowledge. We can remember it for everyone. For in creation are all minds one. And in our memory is the recall how dear our brothers are to us in truth. How much a part of us is every mind and how beautiful, faithful they have really been to us. And how our Father's love contains them all. And thanks for all creation in the name of its creator and his oneness with all aspects of creation, we repeat our dedication to our cause today, each hour, as we lay aside all thoughts that would distract us from our holy aim. For several minutes, let your mind be cleared of all the foolish cobwebs which the world would weave around the Holy Son of God. Learn and learn the fragile nature of the chains that seem, seem to keep the knowledge of yourself apart from your awareness. As you say, I will accept atonement for myself, for I remain as God created me. And let's take a couple of minutes of silence.
Thank you, everyone. Um, Jesus suggested that we go our way rejoicing in the endless love of God, as he said in this lesson. Go our way rejoicing in the endless love of God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.